Don't you just love it when you come back from the bathroom to find your food waiting for you? When did you make this decision? When you were sitting there eating that muffin? Would you forget your french fries to go with the soda? I had them already. Hamburgers! The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. Come on, man, let's go get a steak. You can get a steak here, Daddy-o. Goddamn, it's a pretty fucking good milkshake. Mmm. Goddamn, Jimmy. This some serious gourmet shit. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. Want some bacon? You know what they call uh, a quarter pounder with cheese? Uh, yeah, apparently. I'm hungry. Let's get a taco. Atom de la creme. Bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cooking with Quentin. I'm your host, Mike Burge. Today, joined by the regular ragtag group on Cooking with Quentin, uh, Robert Anderson. You know, I had the brown jelly bean when we were watching the movie, and it was a uh, cappuccino. I didn't like it at first, and then I actually really ended up liking that jelly bean. Hey, how's it going? And also, Jack Kolajewski. I had some kettle corn. It was pretty good. Ooh, delish. Yeah, it was pretty good. They, it's all the kettle, kettle corn is the same. There's no, like, flavors. It's all oh, the same flavor. Yeah. One, the whole bag but it was pretty good. Thing. Cool. Yep. And today, as always on Cooking with Quentin, we have a special guest coming on in, and we have uh, Story Screen Presents returning, Stamper. Hi. I didn't realize we were going to talk about the food we ate during the movie. I was just, yes, and <laughs> Robbie. Oh, I just splashed myself in the face with some seltzer. Also, good start. I Doing really it. good so far. Yeah, really good. Hot mic. This is great. Uh, yeah, so uh, Cooking with Quentin is a uh, retrospective show where we're going through all of Quentin Tarantino's movies, uh, whether he uh, wrote them or directed them, kind of picking out the ones that we want in semi-chronological order. This is the first one that kind of steps off that because Natural Born Killers technically came out a couple months just before Pulp Fiction that was based on a screenplay that Quentin Tarantino wrote. Uh, we've done True Romance in the past with uh, teen heartthrob Tim Kelly, and we did the Reservoir Dogs, the uh, the pilot episode, so to speak, uh, just the three of us boys. I'm glad they picked us up for more episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm glad we continue. <laughs> and uh, so we 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 always uh, the whole idea of cooking with Quentin is that we develop a recipe along with the movie that's thematically linked to that movie, and uh, we get together and we eat it and we like it, and we will share that recipe and a cute little tasty video on how to make it uh, with you guys when this uh, episode. Uh, air. So if you're listening to this right now, that's available on our Vimeo. You can go check that out. We made uh, some delicious burgers. We mean we. we. Mike, Mike is very <laughs> humble, so he says we all the time. Because we, we were Mike all a part of it. Burgers. We are the show. Yeah. I helped you eat them. <laughs> yes, we. We. Mm. We, did, we did it. We the did the eating we. of the burgers. Yeah, we did the hard part. Uh, Chewing. And we essentially uh, made like a, uh, uh, like a fast food version of a burger. Uh, to kind of emulate the big kahuna burgers in there with some fries. And we had some delicious lemon-lime uh, soda syrup that we mixed with some seltzers from our good friends over at More Good. You can hear more about them on the break. Uh, and also, we always try to be as uh, vegan-aware mm. as possible. Mm. Not uh, and we have vegan mm. options, vegan yeah. versions of our recipes that we are designing along the way. So we also made a vegan burger that was mainly compromised of broccoli and pinto beans and uh, red onions. It's and very tasty. So yum. Worked so, out so good yum, for, yes. for our vegan there's, stamp. There's yeah. two of us tonight. Yes. Yeah. We're taking Did over. It. Yeah. One more and we little. can get the majority. Oh my God. Who will it be? Well, I know Robbie is probably thinking about becoming a vegan. So oh, yeah. Uh, I was, us. but then I had that meat burger and I uh, 
was more into that. Full meat. <laughs> How would you know? You didn't try our delicious. I actually Indo-Vegan did. Yeah, I said little, he, gave, he gave me a little piece. I said a little piece so we could try and see. I will say the vegan see. burger was very good, very oniony, which I like. Um, little like crumbly, but it was still good. I think on on V two you'll be able to really nail that. Patty. Oh yeah, when the re- the actual yeah. recipe that we V2. put up because we always kind of use these as like a as taste, like a like a taste maker and yeah. just figure it all out and then we we put up the real good one. So, but the burger was delicious. I think your goal was to nail at least for the for the meat portion. For us carnivores, uh, you try to nail like the fast food burger taste, mm-hmm. you know, cooked to medium, still very flavorful, and then with the right so, amount of accoutrement. It was bloody uh, hell or virtual crisp. The mm-hmm. And you gotta squish it. That's I, the key. You I gotta didn't, squish see, that's it. That's where I fucked up. No, I, I squished it. it for you before mm. I gave Never it to you. Never mind. I you gotta squish it so it looks like shit. Press the juice. Press mm, the juice yeah. all the way out of it. Mm-hmm. Put some avocados on my shit. It was delicious. From yeah. fried. What'd you, what'd you guys think of the. The, the vegan burger. I mean, we I mean, inhaled it. I, yeah, it was gone <laughs> in a flash. It was so very yum. Good. Yeah, we all seemed like little hungry, hungry little people. <laughs> we were like ravenous. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I was I was saving an empty stomach for the show. Put some pineapple on there. Did you man- mention that? Maui, oh, Maui? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that'll be on the yeah. recipe on there, too. We, I, also, you helped, Jack, because I asked you, like, what is it that the vegans like? Just put lots of other shit. <laughs> and on you it. you said lots of other shit. I like avocado, so I sliced up an avocado and so you put some of that on there. There you go. Yeah. That's the best part about cooking. You can pretty much put anything on anything and then eat it and see how it tastes. So it's true. true. So proud of you, yeah. Bergie. Oh, I'm proud of you. I think, Thank I think, you. The, Thank you. this is so far my favorite dish that you've made. Not to knock your other ones. No, good. Uh, with Ooh. True Romance, the sauce that you made. Oh, that's sweet <laughs> and sour sauce, <laughs> baby. I brought, Stamper, I brought you some True of that. Romance, the sauce. The, the sauce. sauce. <laughs> true Romance, that, sauce that was good. The, yeah. the crack cocaine, but I think the or burger the tops it. Oh, stop. In this case, in this case, it would have been Halloween. So definitely check out that <laughs> recipe. So that we'll we'll get to talking about Pulp Fiction now because I I always feel like especially with the cooking with Quentin, ep, like because we have a bunch of other shows on here. If this is your first time listening, because I know Pulp Fiction is going to be a real eye catcher for a lot of people. It's you know more or so around. We usually like hot takes deals with newer movies, so they don't really have the following. And Overdrinkers, the other show that I host on the channel, is retrospective, but it's you know well, we pick some weird ones and we're drunk all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so at least by the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Stan- Stanford's been on uh, a couple of those. Always a blast. How many do you remember? Because the last one I did gets very hazy. Start browning out. Yeah, it was like a new episode when I listened to well, it. Well, you can yeah, you can you can listen to it for the first time like a true audience member. <laughs> yeah <That's right. laughs> and i always get weirded out it's like if somebody clicks on a pulp fiction like movie podcast and we're just talking about food for like the first 15 minutes like what is this what is this bullshit? even though we explained it in the beginning because yeah. we're professionals well, they don't listen, yeah. don't listen. but right let's in the name let's talk about pulp fiction okay. 1994 okay. film written and directed by quentin tarantino stories by quentin tarantino and roger avery we've slowly kind of talked about this idea that quentin tarantino had a good buddy roger avery and they would kind of mess around and write some stuff together. And that's uh, apparently some of this stuff was kind of lifted from that. Roger Avery mm-hmm. got very upset and went on to make a couple other movies like uh, Killing Zoe and Rules of Attraction, which is a really good one. Mm. Definitely check those out. They're great. Eric Stoltz, the guy that plays um, the drug dealer in this one. Lovely redheaded Eric yes, Stoltz. The redheaded Jesus. Yeah, he's the main character so, in Killing yeah, Zoe. I said that. So perfectly said. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he was actually spo- he was supposed to be Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Ah. Wow. Was shooting like shot for like three weeks and stuff. They had to reshoot everything because it just wasn't working. Mm. He's also like skinny, uh, the dude from Big Lebowski. Mm. Uh, Jeff Bridges? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
It's I the, didn't know which. It's the oh, the dude. Yeah, yeah I thought you were that, like, that, that char- dude. That yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction, kind of a big deal of a movie. Kind of. Yeah. Mm. We should say up front that uh, uh, the three of us have seen it before, but Stamper, this was your first it time was my seeing Pulp first Fiction. Time. We found a unicorn for I this am, episode. Mm-hmm. Well. I've been dehorned. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) We saw that unicorn horn right off. Yeah, we were saying it's it's like a holy grail. You find somebody who's never seen a movie that's like so iconic and just kind of genuinely universally loved. Like, like some people have their problems with Pulp Fiction, but they're usually typically very like, like subsurface kind of stuff. They're just like, oh, I don't appreciate the violence here or how they depict this or that acting, blah, blah, blah. For for the most part, people are like, it was a pretty good movie. If you've got those problems with Pulp Fiction, you probably just have a problem with Quentin Tarantino in general. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of the one that launched him off now. Like he, you know, he's still got a couple more, like he does Jackie Brown shortly after this, which is, you know, we'll talk about that when we get to that. That's what I consider to be my favorite Tarantino, but it's a bold claim. But. It's a bold claim. It's it's I well when we rewatch it we'll be able to do that. But this is Pulp Fiction. I feel like that's everybody's kind of go to. Yeah. Without even thinking about it, you're kind of like Pulp Fiction definitely. And then you think about the other ones and you go, no, nah, I don't think anything tops. <clears throat> Pulp, Pulp Fiction's Fiction. like the center of the map that all like Tarantino movies that you can get into like bridge off it's, of. It's, it's probably the most like classic. Yeah. Common denominator. Like yeah. I think most people would associate immediately Pulp Fiction with Tarantino. That's probably the first thing that popped into most people's heads. It's probably also what I would say is my favorite if you had just caught me like off the cuff if I had to do it. Shout out to the canon. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's an expression. Yeah. Sure. Do they ask you when you're like yeah, midair yeah. in the game? Like, no, 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 no. You just, just say like shot, shot out of the cannon. Out of a cannon. And then you say that it's a thing. Don't worry about it. Oh. Stamper, how yes. much of this movie have had you like having not seen it before, had you like kind of just osmosis gotten like or was it cause like we were talking about this before. It's mm-hmm. one of those movies it's like kind of ubiquitous, like you know, Simpsons will do references to it. There's a there's a Pulp Fiction reference in Space Jam. So like how ooh, how much of that have, have do you feel like you absorb just through osmosis? I mean, purely just honestly, the scene with Mia or the scenes with Mia. Yeah, I didn't realize how small in the grand scheme of things that really was. Yeah. And actually how the movie was um, pieced together. That's what I was going to ask. If it was, did you, you didn't know it was nonlinear? I had no idea. That's cool. No idea. That is cool. But it makes sense. That's so cool. It makes sense for Tarantino. How does it stack up against some of the other Tarantino movies? I mean, there was nothing I disliked about it. Cool. I really, really enjoyed it. Funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Gruesome at times. Moreover, funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would also say this movie is like, you know, it's like, the most Tarantino Tarantino movie, you know? Well, it's, it's original <laughs> recipe, yeah, you know? Yeah. It kind of is like everything yeah. else kind of seems like it's, oh, I like how he did that in Django Unchained. That was a lot like Pulp Fiction. Exactly. Like you kind of, he like kind of like, pulls it's from It's like it. Reservoir Dogs is just like, you know, like it's not the, like Pulp Fiction is like the, the fully baked, I think, form. And that's not to knock any of his other movies, but I just think like, yeah, Pulp Fiction is like the common denominator. Mm-hmm. Like I think also you could say that most of at least the last several movies that Tarantino has made have all been him kind of playing in a, a different genre or like a different, you know, he did Django and Inglorious Bastards. And then those are both like very much like, like historical pieces. Whereas Pulp Fiction just kind of feels like, like you said, original 
more so. I mean, it's still like a crime movie, but all those movies are crime movies. It's a noir. Noir, Ooh. yeah. Noir. Sure. My favorite genre. Yeah, it's very much like a kind of like black comedy neo-noir. Yeah, it's like- it, In a I weird mean, way. Like, you'd never think to like throw those things on it. Yeah. Like, you'd say like, oh, it's a crime movie or, or like, uh, it's like a- an indie movie and you would just kind of leave it at that. But yeah. like, it really is kind of like a darkly comedic take on like the neo-noir kind of stuff that was happening in the eighties and the nineties. Mm. Like there's some of the lines in there where it's like, I'll be back faster than you can say blueberry pie, blueberry pie. Well, maybe not that fast. Like that's Maltese Falcon. Shit. It's like, yeah. wah, 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 wah. Yeah. But I guess my, I'm curious, like wh- what are the noir aspects? Cause I thought like the signature thing that makes a noir genre a noir is like someone solving the mystery like the gumshoe detective mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, it's more like because we talked about this it's more like pulpy dialogue and kind of like unsavory characters so more and of the, the anti-heroes of yeah stuff okay. like that yeah it's like gotcha. you know you got like a mission and it's like you know th- there's no real better like kind of MacGuffin than either the briefcase in this movie yeah. or yes. the watch like the watch itself mm. kind of there's a reason why Christopher Walken has that amazing monologue because <laughs> it really needs to that set is. in how important this watch is yeah. to him so that when you see him freak out, it makes, sense. It yeah. makes sense. And you are like, why would you ever go back for that thing? But now we understand it's like, that was his great, great grandfather's while well. he has to go get that. Yeah. up so many asses too. Yeah. God. At least uh, I'm sure just we'll uncomfortable hunk so of metal. Much, uh, yes. I'm sure we'll go five we'll go years on that monologue. Ass. Yeah. It's so it's good. Just two asses, right? <laughs> Two asses. Two yeah, asses. At least, okay. at least minimum two yeah, minimum asses. Of two. For like seven years. Right. That's a, that's a, long that's a lot. That's a lot of marinating. Time. I'm assuming that like you got, you didn't stay up there the whole time. You got, you know, you got to get rid of it. You got to put it back up there. What would oh, be yeah. worse I've never been though. to a POW camp myself, so I can't speak to. I'm assuming you still, I'm assuming you're still shit. <laughs> you probably take it out <laughs> oh, yeah, shit yeah. and then put it back that's up. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Just reach up in there. Just really get down to the minutia of like that. Monologue. We want to know. Yeah, we really want to know. I'm and trying probably not, say not the best N-word. soap in those POW camps. So I think in there's between not any soap. <laughs> that's kind of where. I, yes, that's yeah. that Pink is what I was employing. Yeah, rampant. Em- employing, implying. I can't talk today. Yeah, it's fine. It's good we do this radio, audio only thing. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. We're doing it <laughs> we're live. All foggy. Yeah, we're all Stamper. Uh, are that? there any other Tarantino movies that you haven't seen? Now that I think about it, I mean, kind of a bunch. The ones you listed. <laughs> <laughs> The look on Burge's face. Yeah, I got to kick one of these guys off this show, and you should just be on here. Aw. Yeah, we're useless. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I didn't see True Romance, so you're not alone. Well, I've seen Jackie Brown without audio, because we'll we'll play it, uh, you, you play know, it. Uh, uh, whatever, uh, and so, you know, I'll get little glimpses here and there, sure. but... At a, at a bar that we work at, yes. we'll put movies up on the screen, but without any audio, we'll just play music. Exactly. We should probably explain that to people that are listening, they're like... Wait, what did they start saying? Why would you watch it without audio? I they don't need it. Movie, I like, like to make critics it up myself. or professionals, but they watch movies in some weird fucking way. <laughs> I don't know. Huh? I sometimes I flip it upside plan. down. Very I look at it through a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the movie better. I'm standing on my hands while watching. Yeah, now, you've definitely seen Kill Bill because oh, yeah. we've done an episode on that. Yes, and I was 16 when I first saw Kill Bill. Wow, mm-hmm. it's a good. Good year yeah. to watch that oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, and have you seen Inglorious Bastards? I have not. Django Unchained. <gasps> I have not. Whoa! Ooh. I know. Inglorious Bastards is fucking. It go. rules. It's good. It's great. That's like my most go. anticipated. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's uh, it's goopy. That one. Uh, I'm really excited to. That's like probably my most anticipated rewatch. Is yeah. Inglorious Bastards. I think if if not Pulp Fiction, probably Inglorious Bastards might be my favorite. Yeah. So Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. 
Pulp Fiction. Pulp did Fiction. You, so you liked it then? I huh? really did. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool movie. It's a pretty cool it's movie. It's a pretty fucking yeah, cool, it's pretty cool movie. Cool. 25 years old this year. Damn. Damn. It just like, you know, the movie is like almost three hours long, but it just doesn't feel like it because you're just no. so engaged. And because it's like segmented, you know, you just kind of, it's very crushable. Yeah. 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 They're kind of like, that's like each thing, each like little segment, the three stories is kind of like 45 minutes. It's kind of like an episode of yeah. like an anthology exactly. show that's, you know, yeah. didn't exist really back then in no. that form. So now it's kind of like, oh, you could do something kind of like this where like every episode is like this different thing and they kind of weave, yeah. you know, this is the original MCU. Like these guys are kind of, the whole Tarantino universe is the original MCU. Kind of. Yeah. Characters are kind of weaving in and out of each other. Mm-hmm. Cigarettes and stuff are the mm-hmm. same between movies. I think uh, Harvey Keitel is his name, right? Who plays Mr. Wolf. The Wolf, yeah. Uh, he, like, says, when he's talking to someone on the phone, he refers to them as Joe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the name of, like, the, the, guy main, from the main guy Reservoir from Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. But mm-hmm. I was like, it's funny, because I'm just like, well, he's not Mr. White in this movie. Well, there could, yeah, there could so. be more than one Joe. Right, because that Joe yeah. runs, like, a... Uh, Auto body, auto body shop. Yeah, yeah. Joe Schmo. Sure. Well, it's like Vincent Vega is Mr. Blonde's brother. Brother, yes. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vic Vega. Vic Vega. Which, uh, what's his face? Um, what, Michael, Michael Maston? <clears throat> Mad, Madsen? Madsen. Michael Madsen. Madsen. I put a T Madsen. in it. Michael yeah. Madsen. He was going to play Vincent Vega in this, and he couldn't do it because he was shooting a movie called Free Willy. Oh, <laughs> I've heard right. of I've heard of Free Willy. I've well, never seen Free Willy. Great job. Great job. I haven't seen Free Willy. Oh. That's, a, that's a fact. You'll cry. It's the one with the whale. I figured. He's Willy, right? No. <laughs> he's the uh no, he's the down on no, his no, no, luck no. tank operator the, the, that's gotta learn a lesson. The, the <laughs> whale is Willie's monster. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think I get it. What about you guys? Uh this this how many times do you think you've seen Pulp Fiction? When's the last time you saw it? It's What's been a, going on? It's been a while. Um I mentioned who I had like I had like a close friend who was like super into heroin and like I saw him like shoot up before. So I remember like I saw this movie before that and then I remember rewatching it kind of post that happening and like the heroin scene in the movie is like pretty painfully accurate where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I don't want to overuse the word like triggering, but it definitely like makes me uncomfortable when I see it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but now that it's been many years removed, it was nice to see this movie again. But I would say this might be the third or fourth time I've seen it. And it's mm. been a while. Yeah, uh, the, the heroin scene, like, they're, uh, real quick, because there is, like, noticing it, uh, watching it this time, I noticed, like, there is, like, this, he's not glamorizing it, but it's, no. like, like, very up close and intimate. It's very, yeah. like, uh, it's all these, like, like micro shots yeah. it's of, also like, like, getting real close to a zipper, you know like, screwing like, a needle does my heroin, like... They all have a go bag. They all have like it's just very. It's like the little bag that they have all their like heroin to like go. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their heroin. Their do heroin stuff. Their yeah. do heroin mm-hmm. junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but seeing it, I, I didn't feel so bad watching it this time. But it's still just like ah. Yeah, it's, it's intense. Mm. Yeah, it's nasty stuff. It is bad. His behavior afterwards is hilarious. Though. Oh yeah, <laughs> makes for a good movie. I, 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 I want a steak. <laughs> I think uh, I've seen this movie many times. To answer your question, I don't even know how many times. I don't have a count, but uh, it's been probably a couple of years since I've seen it. And I think this watch, more so than any time in the past, I was like conscious of how he is like probably still high as fuck on their date. (laughs) And also Mia is like super coked out the whole time. So like the way that they're acting with him being like fucking dopey the whole time and her being like kind of jittery the whole time Mm -hmm. is 
they're on a I, lot of drugs. I do really <laughs> so many drugs. I like I like too because I noticed this time that uh, Mia is actually like very. She says she says at one point she says like does it involve the f word, like when she's talking to John Travolta feet. Well, That's what yeah, I thought. but uh, it's like she said like she doesn't say the word fuck in yeah, a Quentin yeah. Tarantino movie. Yeah, and it snapped into me that she's been actually like really kind of not so vulgar as all the other characters in the movie up yeah. until the point when he starts to insinuate that, uh, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Like Tony, Tony was like yeah. thrown off of a building because he rubbed her feet and she like kind of gets taken aback by that. And all of a sudden is kind of like, what the fuck? Like you think that that's what, this is the that's gossip. how that works yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And after that, she kind of, but even, even still too, like she's kind of like the sweetest character in the movie, as far as like vulgarity and violence and everything goes, which I guess kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that she's essentially like this kind of like, like trophy wife kind of thing of Marcellus yeah. Wallace. We never, they never have a scene she's together. Like almost they like do a repug- by the pool. And in the no, boxing. that's not her. That's right. Yes, it is. That's so is that her? And, yeah, and in the, the, not look like the boxing room. And in the room in the boxing. Yeah, yeah but they don't. I, they're not. What they're, I mean, not they're not interact. No, they're not. No. There's no dialogue no, exchange no. between. Mm-hmm. Them. They're not yeah. talking. Yeah, I think this kind of just like helps show that that disconnect and like why like you know Wallace could be like take my girl out, show my girl a good time. I'm busy doing mobster stuff. You yeah. know, killing show, bitches. Yeah, get yeah. Medieval. And, and I guess in a way, like you become kind of desensitized to how vulgar. Um, all the characters are in Tarantino movies, but we've talked about this on prior movies. Like Tarantino likes to put people like shitty people in his movies. And he likes to like have display like these, th- these are, they're criminals. They're, they're, they're vulgar. Cause they're, they're nasty people. But then you put it up against people like Mia or um, Fabian. Is that her name? Is that how you're saying her name? Oh, um, Bruce Willis's, Bruce Willis's wife or girl. girlfriend. Yeah. Like she's also very sweet. Like, yeah. you know, she's, she's childlike. Yeah. Exactly. Naive. Very yeah, innocent. Very naive. Yeah. So I read the, the F word scene as her like kind of knowing what he was going to ask. Cause like she doesn't say fuck. Cause I think that she knows like there might be this rumor circulating or that there was a foot job in question. <laughs> or a foot job. I don't I think mean, it was just a foot job. massage. She seems very surprised when he brings up the feet. Like, she's like, what? I kind of read it as, like, it escalated, but I kind of, like, read it as her maybe just, like, she, I think she's, like, smarter than she looks, and I feel like she could just be she's trying to, like... playing coy a little bit? Yeah, maybe. But I think you could read it. You could totally read it either way. You could, yeah. I could see that happening, but, like, her, her reaction, like, when he's, like, when he finally gets to it, and then it was a foot massage. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's like, like uh, wait, what? Like, what? But she's also mad, like coked out, and like you know, sometimes yeah. when you're coked out, you're a little like, like you're a little quick <laughs> to jump down, throw someone's. She's throat. also drinking a hella good milkshake, so mm-hmm. so she's definitely high on that that milkshake. That's a great line. Ice when cream of milk. Travolta, <laughs> Travolta <laughs> takes a, a sip of the milkshake, and he's just like, damn. That is a good. His like eyes like twitched. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed that before. He looks so funny. God, his hair though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some that good weave hair though. In this, that weave that though. Weave. Oh, yeah. Not feeling that weave. No. No. Not into the weave. I was not into that weave. <laughs> Little bits of weave falling in his face. He's got like the all in that lock. scene. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even go so far as to say it was very like '90s. It's more like that's kind of like he's reaching back to like the '70s or something like. Yeah. When the character was the same age as John Travolta was in the '70s, and he was cool. <laughs> oh and he's yeah. He's like kind of holding on to that. Yeah. 
Because the oh, no. age thing is like a very big deal with John Travolta in this movie, I feel, where it's like, this guy used to be probably a really good hitman, and now he's just like addicted to heroin. He's kind of a fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's a fuck up. Yo, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's, he's not a good hitman. Ah, I shot Marvin in the face. Then he's talking back to the wolf. You don't talk Oof, back to the yeah, wolf. I know. Bad move. That. Bad move. Yeah. Bad move. Yeah. He also like, you know, he has like this like problem with like authority and like, uh, he's a very, he's, he's interesting. It's funny because like the movie boy. almost kind of like cracks into the like respect or like, um, like the, the, uh, uh, argument of, of politeness, people like being civil to each other, like that kind of argument that's popping back up into the, the lexicon now. And it's like, he's just like, well, just say, please. It's like, no, fuck you, man. There's brains all over the car out there. And it's your fault. Yeah. yeah. So pretty please. Pretty please. Civil. 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 Sorry is the word I was thinking of. (laughs) Right. Like being civil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's take a quick break real quick so we can uh, put in our plug. And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll dive into some more specifics and stuff like that. I'm really interested to hear what Stamper has to say about some of the bigger highlights of the movie. Mm -hmm. Having seen that for the first time and not expecting them to come in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tasty burger. Yeah, that was a tasty burger. Good burger. Say what again? More references. Hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's own film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1994 Quentin Tarantino film, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Every time I watch it, it's just as good as the last time. Bruce Willis. Um, Samuel Jackson. No, the movie's fucking... The most entertaining movie I've ever seen, even though there's some parts in it that are fucking really hard to swallow sometimes, even though I continue to watch it. But in the end, it all works out. Zed is dead. Um, yeah. Maybe, probably favorite movie? I don't know. Every time I watch it, it's fucking on point. Doesn't get old. The back and forth, the whole storyline. It's fucking epic. Ah, I hate that fucking word. Um, don't have to say much more about it. Probably on, on par with my favorite movie of all time. Pulp Fiction. This has been another episode of It's Fits. And welcome back. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's We're get back. in character. Oh, thank God. Say what Woo! again? That's a line from the movie. I, I got a piss. That's a <laughs> I'm going to go take a shit. <laughs> now you're telling me too much. Or what did you say? Like, that's a little too much information. Yeah, but, but you do what you get to do. do what you get yeah. oh, did you decide that while you were sitting there eating that muffin? Yeah. <laughs> There's so yeah, many. See, I think that's the thing about this movie. It's coffee. painfully quotable. Like, all Tarantino movies, like are pretty quotable. Mm-hmm. They have this great dialogue. One, yeah. But like every line of this one, like I think we spent at least like 
half of the podcast already just repeating just, the movie. It's because it's cool. Yeah. The fucker on. It's just yeah. so cool. Did you roll me one of those, cowboy? Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, here you go, cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> like smooth. Little dweeb. Smooth. My name's Buddy. What can I get for you? And it's fucking stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> I didn't realize that was him until yeah. this, this viewing. I love to. I've always loved uh, how Vince like does not like their waiter. He's just like our buddy Holly is like not that good of a waiter. Like, he's, he's a little upset. About but he just it. took yeah. his order and brought the food over. So it's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't really Well, he's like not really in character as like oh, Buddy Holly. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm Buddy. He's like, yeah, he's not really into it. <laughs> no. I've never met Buddy Holly, so I can't really say. Mm, to be fair. To Steve, that job looks fucking exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. Like, you know, because they made that up. That place doesn't actually exist. Yeah, but they yeah. built one in, like, Ohio or something that's supposed like to. after the movie came out? Oh, yeah, like, way oh, after. Like, oh, okay. uh, like a couple years ago, they built, like, a full Jackrabbit Slims. The point is for Amazing. that not to exist. Because right. it's such a, sh- like, that's a, it already sucks to be a waiter. Can you imagine being, like, a waiter where it's like, I'm, like, this Part of Golden Age uh, Hollywood, oh, like, or like, yeah. like so working at Hooters or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Imagine like having that. that shit on top of there too. Mm. I would not like to. Like the tilted kilt that shut down. Rest yeah, in yeah. yeah. Watching yeah. that scene, I was just thinking like. <laughs> this restaurant would be so much more depressing in real life. Like, oh, yeah. It would not be this fun yeah. or good at all. It would just be. Well, that's like you go to Disney World for two or three days. You don't stay there for a while because no, then no. you start to see. The, the stitchings and yeah. you're like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. Cinderella does not look too happy today. Yes. There's a lot of band-aids in the water at the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ew. Strange. Yeah. Yo, man, it's there. Yo, man. Yo, man. <laughs> Don't, uh, so uh, we've kind of co- we kind of talked about John Travolta a little bit. We got Sammy Sammy Jackson. Amazing. Coming on in, kind yeah. of his breakthrough performance. He's been man. around for a little bit before the this, but this was like and the coolest of characters mm-hmm. in this movie. Just exudes cool. Confidence. And he's I think he's neck and neck with the wolf for coolest. Mm. Yeah, the wolf might just be him the a little bit cool. because he's short and sweet. Yeah. In stature and in screen time. That's right. I kinda like uh Patricia Arquette, who's uh Eric Stoltz's uh, wife, like with all, with all the, the shit in her face, all the shit in her face, <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, yeah, just yeah. like, what the fuck are y'all doing? What are you doing here? And then, like, as soon as like it's about to go down, she's like, yeah, this is actually pretty cool. Or her friend that's just sitting there in that scene when they're just like, smoking the bowl, like, the bong the whole time. Right after smoking they bring they bring Mia back, she just like right before the scene ends, she just goes for another rip on the bong. <laughs> I should say just too, because while we're on Patricia Arquette, the guy who shoots. Who tries to shoot uh, Jules and Vincent and misses that we thought kind of oh, looked like Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of look like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, that is um, that is Alex Arquette. Oh, before he had his sex change and became Alexis Arquette. <gasps> oh, yes, and I know that. And then Phil Lamar's uh, the character who gets shot in the head, who is Samurai Jack, which is crazy. Yeah, that's why I kept I kept bringing it up, and everyone was just like. I was you, like, that's Samurai no, Jack. I didn't, I never put that together. And yeah. you said that, and I wanted to be quiet because it was like a scene, and then you stamped yeah, yeah. it and never seen it. But I was I'm like, talking. Oh, wait, Marvin? Shit. Yeah, Marvin's. But wasn't he on Mad TV? He was Mad TV. He does mm-hmm. mad, like, he does voice, a lot of voice acting. Voice stuff. Yeah, yeah. mad yeah. voice acting. But I think. He's in most, Metal Gear as well. Yeah. Four, I think. But he's most well known, I think, to, to most, or at least to me, as Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Big Samurai Jack boys over there. Oh, see, that new yeah, season was so good. So fucking good. They put out like a, a the Blu-ray a collection Blu-ray with everything. I want it's like sixty fucking bucks. Yeah, once it's not ninety dollars anymore, mm-hmm. I might. Can't believe it's two hundred dollars. <laughs> Gotta go back. Back to past. 
Got to go back to the Jack. Jack back to the Jack. Jack. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. Got to go Jack. Back to the Jack. 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 Anyway, you want to keep talking about Samurai Jack or go back? Go back to Pulp I'm Fiction. Go back. <laughs> you do you, girls. I'm a little right. bit in the middle. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was like the most surprising yeah. scenes you used? Stanford, oh, lay it all oh out for god. us. Oh my god! I think I already know. Mm, Surprise me. I don't know. Oh well. So what did you think about? <laughs> what did you think about the whole pawn shop? interaction okay, yeah. <laughs> why don't we start small so, there was and we'll so much that happened yeah that was okay yeah yeah really something really i, something I like else. kind of forget about how like it just kept evolving that scene is. Yeah, yeah it kept evolving oh, so many layers gimp. to that yeah just the gimp arriving <laughs> out of nowhere with mm. his studded leather jacket and his zipper mouthpiece and uh-huh. it was like the okay yeah um i'm really happy that bruce willis went back to save um, oh yeah what Marcel 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 Marcellus, 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 yeah. yes. That's that scene with Bruce Willis, like he escapes. So badass. He goes up, he gets the keys, he unlocks the door, he kinda looks back and you're like, What are you doing, I man? Know. And he opens it and he's like, Fuck and you're kind of like right there with him where you're like, Probably should go. You should yeah. go, but like yeah. Fuck man, you're kind of right. Like, are you gonna let that just happen? And that's you like everything the so watch kind of stands yeah. for, kind of yeah. thing. It's like because yeah. he's in his own like it's like his own POW camp. Yes. in that in that scene. Mm. And the the shot of him figuring out which weapon to use is just like amazing. So pure good. Gold. It escalates. Yeah, pure, pure gold. cinematic. It's gold. It's perfect. Everything is angled. Like the look on his. I love the look on his face when he picks up the chainsaw. And he he's does like, the same. Well, I guess this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I could do that. You could just see like the way his brain's working. It's like hammer. It's like if I use the the pokey parts. I probably okay. fuck mm-hmm. someone up. It's yeah. like baseball bat. I swing that pretty hard. Chainsaw loud, but stabby stab. Oh yeah, Cut stabby stab. The, the shot when he just looks up and you see the look on his face and he's just kind of like slack jaw when he sees the samurai sword and then it cuts over to the sword. It's just mm. mm-hmm. I would go for the sword as well. I mean, one hundred percent. A little little foreshadowing too. Further Tarantino projects, Bill. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, Stamper, but, but when, Hanzo when you're when you're watching this movie for the first time, mm-hmm. and you, you see that great moment where Bruce Willis thinks he's gotten away and he's driving away and he's like, "That's how you're gonna beat him, Butch," and then he just stops <laughs> at a stoplight. And Marcellus Wallace just walks in front of him. With a box of donuts, donuts. on top Which the idea is, I guess, that he he was at Butch's apartment with Vince. Oh. Because uh, Jules is gone now. Yeah. And yeah. that he went out to go get coffee oh. and donuts. And mm. Vince, being a terrible hitman, went to the bathroom because he's used to having somebody have his Constantly back. Constantly shitting. No, nah, and he was walking yeah. back and he's like, motherfucker. Yep. Which, my Ving Rhames story, I met Ving Rhames. Oh. And by meat, I meant... I uh, gave him a high five in passing in New York City because wow. I saw it was Ving Rhames. wasn't going to have enough time. It was very busy. And I just went, motherfucker, and put my hand up and he high fived me. Oh, nice. Big Amazing. Man, is he? He's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge yeah. I was going to say, I'm yeah. like, he's probably like, Virgin, you and I are, are shorter men. So he's like probably like, what, two yes. of us? Yeah. It was a very big moment where it just kind of happened. Yeah. And, but Ving Rhames has one of those faces that is just like, <laughs> oh, holy that's shit, Ving Rhames right yeah. there. I walked past a... A similar story, not as good, but I walked past David Cross in New York City, and I was like, David Cross! And I didn't try and high-five, I just, I was hammered, just I just screamed at yelled him. at him, and he had his, like, when he has his big beard, he had that, and he just looked at me kind of like, I am, and then just kept going. <laughs> That's me. just like, me and my friend were just like, that was David Cross, and like, we all know. We all have to keep saying it. Very it exciting. Good. But uh, when that happened, when the car stops there, and Marcel Swallows catches him, and you're like, uh-oh, Bruce Willis is 
he's done for. Did you like you didn't think that that's how that entire situation oh was going God. to end out? Like, how could you possibly? The car crash, the chase, and then winding up in the shop, and just yeah, just the way it escalated was kind of out of control. Had no idea it was going to happen. Totally amazing, and I feel like Bruce, or you know, his character in this, somewhat needed that. He needed that to happen. He needed to kind of redeem himself with Marcel, Marcellus, mm-hmm. Marcellus, yeah, and go back to his babe and whisk her away and never to return to L.A. ever again. And those fuckers, like those. Uh, Hills have I kind of fuckers. They were like, <laughs> they got what happened. They had, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, they had yeah, that they coming. Yeah, yeah, they got yeah. theirs. Yeah. 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 Even having seen this movie a ton of times, like it's so out of left field that like when I think back on this movie, I don't like watching it this time. I was like, as soon as they got into the pawn shop, I just thought you go, oh, oh shit, yeah. oh this, oh right, because the movie turns into a a horror movie essentially for yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah. Like, that's some, like, saw shit. Like, before even all the actual action start where they're just like, well, what are we going to do with you guys? And they're Mm -hmm. just, like, gagged and, like, tied up there. And they're like, what the fuck are you weirdos up to? Yeah. Like... It, the guy says well, the line is like, well, they were doused in gasoline too. I thought they were going to let, he was going to light them on fire. And like then the water. other, I don't I know. Say, it looked like, I think he like, like did that to like wake him up or something yeah, like yeah. that. But I think it was in like a gas can because yeah. they had a pawn shop. Yeah. So he's just like, Meh. I feel like <laughs> maybe feel like it was baby scene, oil. Who fucking knows oh what these guys are up to? I feel like mm. that scene, like, you know, I feel like it's not about Bruce Willis's character, maybe getting redemption, but it's kind of like how like all the stories are like, Things come at a price, you know, and I feel like in that movie, it's like he wants his freedom so bad, but like the price is him like sucking it up and like going back to the house to get the watch and like having to free Marsalis and like, you know, like that's it's like it's consequences, consequences. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like they're both badass dudes. Like one's like a boxer that just like killed a guy. Yeah, one is like the biggest, like one of the scariest, like mob gang ties in L.A. that you mention his name and people know even a lowly drug dealer knows what you're talking about. (laughs) And it's they're they're like at odds with each other because of what life has brought them particularly. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, they are kind of thrown into this situation where they're in something way more nightmarish than either of them. And they are two men in a nightmarish hell pit. Yeah. together and it's like you don't you never know exactly how you're going to react until you're in something like that yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's what kind of goes through Butch's head like when he I love when he when he finally breaks the yeah. the chair and it's that and you see him like look at his hands because he's a boxer and it's like yeah. those are all the weapons he needs yeah. and it's just like I'm out of here and yeah. he punches the camera and he punches the camera yeah I, I love the the line that Ving Rhames does when Bruce Willis is like, well, what now? And he's like, what now? I'm going to call some some hard pipe-hitting motherfuckers and we're going to go <laughs> medieval on his ass. ass. We cool? With some pliers cool. and a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he doesn't bleed out. Oh, yeah. I want him to uh, feel all the pain. Look like a gut shot, if not a groin shot. That yeah, was no, a I think the idea is that he shot his Take him yeah. a while to bleed out from that, I think. Probably. No, that's no. no. The groins were all of your, 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 your veins and your arteries are like they all, they're all right there, like by the legs. You would bleed out so? very quickly from that. Mm. Mm. But he seemed to have like a good tuck. Like he was kind of <laughs> like, ow, it hurts, and kind of like leaning over. So yeah. maybe, who knows how fast those motherfuckers travel? Maybe they get there 
Real quick. Yeah. If the hey, wolf can say, get somewhere that's half an hour away minutes. in nine, nine and a half minutes. minutes. Hey. If Marsala calls you, like, you know, you got to get there. You get there. That's the thing. Yeah. It would have been great if we got to see who the hard-hitting motherfuckers were. And it was like seven Harvey Keitel's dressed up as the wolf came downstairs. <laughs> and like, well... Looks like we got a problem here. <laughs> one's got pliers, one's got a blowtorch. They all have like their different Power Ranger weapons. <laughs> I don't like Zed at all. I want him. Yeah, I'm no, glad. we all I'm we all that. don't like Zed. Oh, Zed's, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's, Zed's dead, baby. Dead. Uh, <laughs> what's everyone's favorite like kind of episode? Like you know, I think a whole movie jives together for a reason. But does anyone have a particular like standout segment that they really jive with more than the others? Mm. I mean, honestly, that. That segment for me, just because it felt yeah. like there was more of a resolve than some of the other yeah, segments. Yeah, sure. Where, I think I think it's the Bruce Willis one for me yeah, too. The gold, where there's like a beginning watch. and mm-hmm. a completion. Mm-hmm. Would you count in the third in the Bonnie situation? Would you count the beginning and the end epilogue, of the one? The, no, like the epilogue of yeah, like everything with the diner, the diner scene, and everything talking about Royale, which she's in the elevator and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I would count it as well. It's kind of how how you read it and like yeah. your your argument for it. Against. I would say that's my favorite one. Yeah, because the them going up the stairs and the elevator and walking yeah. down the hallway and talking about foot massages and yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like it's so like it's so Tarantino, but like it's just the the conversation just like. It's just so smooth, and it's just, like, the best dialogue. It's cinematic and realistic, like, at the same time, which is, like, the weirdest thing to... The hardest thing to do and the kind of the weirdest thing to appreciate, where it's like, like, oh, we're a little early. Let's hang back for a minute. And then they just walk down a hallway, and there's no cuts or anything. You just see them walk down a hallway, and there's, like, 15 seconds of solid silence. And then they just, like, at the end of the hallway, start their conversation up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very natural. It's yeah. It's really it's, really neat. It's also I find it really funny how they're just these hitmen, but they're just kind of like babbling and talking about nonsense the whole time and just like shooting the shit with each yeah. other. And then when they walk back down from the hallway, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is like, "All right, let's get in character." Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. No, I really they're yeah. like there's a lot of really good like dynamics in the movie, but there it's like is the best or at least my personal favorite. And then I you know I really like how the resolve of of the diner scene, you know, is just, it's so good, but you need kind of like the, the, the whole movie to inform that scene, even though it's like out of sequence kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're paying attention to the nonlinear stuff, like Samuel L. Jackson, you know, he's going to live right. because you saw him go into the bar, right. with yeah. the t-shirt and stuff like in that. that outfit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With mm-hmm. the, with the gold watch, like everything like that. So you know that that's going to happen. So you know he's going to make it out, but you're still kind of like, how is this all going to shake out? What's going to happen? Yeah. I got to admit, I felt really badly when Vincent died. I like grew to enjoy his character. (laughs) But then he comes back and you're just like, whoa! He never died. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's back. I mean, like, you know, that's, you know, Samuel Jackson's character kind of chooses to, you know, you think after he brings the briefcase to Masala's, he retires, right? If he goes through with it. Mm Mm-hmm. But well, that's why he's not there in any of the, exactly. uh, the Gold and Watch stories, because exactly. that takes place after. Mm. So it kind of is like, I think that's what, that's how you, that's how you go if you're like a hitman or something, like line of duty. You don't really have the luxury of retiring late, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which in a way, like, it's Samuel Jackson um, retiring is probably what winds up getting uh, Vince Vega killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he was there, he probably would not have... Just been right. had his back the way they were uncovered together. by taking a shit in that moment. <laughs> and I mean, I think he kind of talks to him like that too, where he's just like, You ever, like Jules says, like, 
to Vincent. He's like, you maybe not do this. How long yeah. can you do this? It's kind of like the Marcellus, yeah. uh, uh, like monologue to Butch. Like, how many more fights do you think you got left in you? Yeah. If you were going to be somebody, you would have been somebody by now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're either, well. you're either like, you know, the guy who gets killed in the boxing ring or the guy who has to run away. Mm-hmm. You know? That's kind of emblematic of, of their relationship. Uh, I'm interested in what everybody thought of uh, Jimmy. Quentin Tarantino's performance in this movie. Uh, <laughs> this is, yes, I was just uh, gonna say it's such a dweeb. So just, yeah. just, a, just a, like I'm just gonna put my cards on the table. This is one of my f- favorite scenes in any Tarantino movie. It's really good. I think that I think the 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 level of acting that Tarantino is doing, which fluctuates from moment to moment, like um, talented and want to take that again. Cue. Yeah, the when he's talking about I think the, it all uh, works the blankets, yeah. it's kind of like, eh, it's not so great. But when he delivers the monologue when they first get to his house. Yeah, about it's the like, coffee and everything. Yeah, it's just like, he's just it. like, yeah. it's very good. It's that very good dialogue, that snappy and good. And the whole thing just kind of works together. And John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson's performances, like kind of being like the kind of straight man to like his goofy performance yeah. is like, it just works for me every time. And I never want the scene to end. And I mm-hmm. always forget where he's just like, she's going to come home and I'm going to get fucking divorced. And I don't want to <laughs> get fucking divorced. Like, it's just really nobody else but Quentin Tarantino could string those sentences together, at, like acting it out and yeah. saying it on camera as well as he could. Ooh, it's yeah. the same stuff with like Mr. Brown and Reservoir Dogs. Like, yeah. he gave himself those lines and it just makes them all sing because you wouldn't want to hear an actor getting paid to talk about madonna and big dicks you want to hear the guy who came up with the idea and wrote it talk yeah. about it he uh, well at least he has to own his own right. dialogue like yeah, he, i think that's why he does it you know? he loves to insert himself into his own movies and then drop the n-bomb yeah i mean if he says so if many n-bombs so many. Yeah. So but you know if he makes himself movie. like the one who says like kind of the worst stuff then it's like i'm not sure i'm not saying like it makes it all okay and that's a conversation made for a different day but it helps him own it like you said earlier mm-hmm. we're going to continue to have those conversations as yeah. we do this podcast mm-hmm. and, and with this one in particular like there's bad people saying a bunch of bad stuff all over exactly like, uh fucking uh, the, the the pumpkin and honey bunny at the beginning throw out so many slurs oh my god, in the first oh my god. Oh, man. yeah a piece of like, shit. Yeah, piece of shit yeah. yeah but as far as like jimmy's character like Jules is standing right there and Jules is like, I trust this guy enough to be able to go over here. We're partners, blah, blah, blah. And he's just saying it right to him and he's saying it very casually. And Jules, the character, seems to have no problem with it. And yeah, he doesn't Samuel L. Jackson, the actor who knows what the lines are, doesn't seem to have a problem with it because he's still working with him. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to... That's for somebody else to get offended by and they mm-hmm. can... I, yeah. No, no, I totally agree. Do you think that uh, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny are like kind of... <laughs> their names are great. Are, are they kind of like an homage to True Romance a bit? Like the Christian Slater and um, I forget the name of the actress, but like they have oh, a the similar. Main, oh, the main characters from True Romance. Yeah, yeah, they have like a similar, you know, Kinda. vibe. Yeah, just like I don't know that like Bonnie and Clyde esque kind yeah. of. Yeah, I, they're not the same, obviously. Obviously, but, yeah, because yeah. they one has both his eyes, but they kind of dress. Yeah, the that's same. that's the key difference. Is the eye. Thing. <laughs> well, no, the key difference is that like you know, Honey Bunny and Pumpkin are pieces of shit. And Aww, the love. other ones are just, you know, in love and scamps. We've <clears throat> <laughs> had that conversation before. Love a bull scamps. We got in a huge Uh-oh. tiff about that. Uh oh, a tiff. Yeah. Not a tiff, just a disagreement. Yeah, it's fine. Toronto Independent Film Festival. Yeah, we. Yeah, I would love to actually get into tiff in that case. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Yeah, more tiffs. Stamper. Stamper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get in a tiff. 
Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no let's ask more. Let's ask. Because that's like conviction. everything. Everything that we're talking about is stuff that like probably everybody about, yeah. in the world has talked about at some point on some kind of podcast or analysis of Pulp Fiction. Like having somebody at the table that has never seen it before and you didn't know where it was going. You know, we've kind of touched on like some of like the bigger parts and stuff. But like, what did you like when did you realize that like the movie that you really liked the movie i think right away right when uh pumpkin and honey bunny are talking and Mm -hmm. then it starts escalating and then he just pulls out the gun and she's screaming her fucking head off because she goes from being like sweet and you know like yeah Yeah. i was like okay i'm really going to enjoy well it's just like what jewel says like all right let's get in character you know yeah you kind of see like the attitude of the movie is this and you're like oh like this is like uh, like this the movie this movie was made for like nine million dollars it made over 200 million dollars jeez like just like well you get to make whatever you want for the rest of your life which is exactly (laughs) what's going on right now this movie did well at the oscars as well right Got nominated for some stuff. It it won the the Palme d'Or, okay, and it won a bunch of stuff at Cannes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won Best Original Screenplay at the Academy Awards, but it was nominated. Ninety four was a big year. This was Forrest Gump, Shawshank oh. Redemption, oh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Damn, this is a big year. Yeah, a big year. and everybody was kind of like, we don't know how to. Like, Pulp Fiction is such a violent movie because back then, same thing with Reservoir Dogs, everyone was like, the movie's so violent. And it's the more you watch it, you go, actually, you don't really see anything. It's all filmmaking that makes you think that you... There's more grotesque violence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You you think you saw a guy get his head blown off, but you didn't. The camera cuts away before that happens. You and just see the windshield. You see that brain matter, though. Yeah. That brain matter. That, that brain matter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. Brain matter everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he became a household name pretty much right overnight, and that's why Jackie Brown was such like a a weird choice oh. for him to make afterwards because he was just like everybody because Natural Born Killers was out at this point, True Romance was out, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. From Dust Till Dawn comes out very soon after this. So everybody is connecting Tarantino's like kind of style to like this kind of super violent, ultra violent, like popcorn fair kind yeah. of stuff. And then Jackie Brown is, you know, still a little violent, but it becomes much more like depraved. Like these people are just so bad and there's just there's end bombs everywhere and nobody knows like who's that Chris Tucker's in it. <laughs> Who knows? And uh and it like it wasn't it wasn't the same attitude as Reservoir Dogs or any of the other movies. It didn't have the same like it had the same snappy dialogue, but it was much more subverted and much more realistic and down to earth because I think Tarantino didn't want to be the pulp fiction guy. He didn't want these movies to be the only types of movies he was going to make. Mm-hmm. So he made Jackie Brown. It wasn't well received. He went into he like kind of snuck away for a bit, and then he comes back with Kill Bill, and he's like, I think it's, he's kind of become these days this kind of version of himself that everybody thought that he was in the Mm -hmm. 90s. And because Jackie Brown didn't really do all that well critically and everything, he was kind of like, well, fine, if you want, if you want the monster, I'll give you, I know how to do that. I can do that. And he just keeps doing it and doing it and making it bigger and bigger. Yeah. I mean, he's so, you know, he, he's one of those, he's a really good, like, big filmmaker because, like, he, I think, 
challenges himself and his art and like you know there's no two movies of his that are the same and he just like he he tries he has a he has a very knowable brand but he like tries different things with every movie there's like kind of always like a new hook and uh you gotta commend commend the guy for that you know the the movies that we've watched so far you know Reservoir dogs true romance and this like you know they're they're similar but also vastly different and it's it's cool what I really appreciated about this, too, was the um, having seen movies like Kill Bill, which is some of his later work, and then looking at this, because Kill Bill, uh, in accordance to the, the killing, that's, you know, that's the arc, that's the heaviness to it. But in this, the killing is so casual, and that's just mm-hmm. marginalizing these relationships that people are having with each other, whether it's like they're doing these heavy drugs, but they still have to go about their day-to-day and... And we're piecing together how he has a severe problem with that. And, you know, going back to that scene with Mia and uh, Vincent, how they never spoke about what they were doing. Right. And they were just together in that state and how she assumed that the heroine was coke and, you know, how that went on. And then even still after her having to be uh, stabbed in the heart and brought back with an adrenaline shot, how casual them saying goodbye was. And then the close up on the handshake after she had told him that. All that she and what, what was that guy? Yeah, Tony. all they had yeah. did was a uh, shook hands. Shook hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really appreciate that sum up. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really good. The oh, scene yeah. when they see each other in the boxing area too, and she's like, "I never thanked you for dinner the it's other great. day." It's great. Oh. It's, it's so, so just like, mm, <laughs> "This on the nose, it's nice." It's just nice. Because you, yeah. you would get a nod. Like a stamper, on the nose, and, and Stamper touched yes. on it earlier, where it's like you know, Uma Thurman's on the cover. Anything that you've really seen from Pulp Fiction, you see Uma Thurman. Yeah. One you know that Uma Halloween Thurman and costumes. Quentin Tarantino are like best friends, and yeah. there she's in Kill Bill. So you would naturally assume that she would be in this movie more. And it's really she's just like one of the two main characters of one of the stories, right. mm-hmm. and then she just kind of pops up in each of the other ones yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's like that. I think that's kind of a testament to like how good her performance is in yeah. this. Like, cause she, I love when she takes off the 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 over jacket uh after they've gone out and they've eaten and they come back and she finds the heroin thinks it's cocaine she takes off the jacket to like snort it and all people that have seen it before you go there's the white shirt and everything that is in the overdosing scene that happens later like Mm -hmm. they gotta rip the shirt open Mm -hmm. and the little red felt like every time they zoom in on that on that red felt like ink on on her chest just like uh, right before the three of like stabbing it in. It's just like, I hate it's the, crazy. I hate the sound every time. And it's like, as soon as she takes off the overcoat and it's that white shirt and she's about to snort the heroin, you're just like, well, here we go. It's, yeah, yeah. it becomes like kind of like a black comedy horror movie again, like yeah. towards the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sound when he's tapping on her breastplate too. Like oh, it's so yeah. the sound in this movie is great. You, yeah. Robbie, you talked about the, when they're on the game games head. So, I mean like it's terrible, but it's so good. It's so good. And the only sound that I didn't like is, is, is a weird thing to bring up. But when Bruce Willis is like love, uh, lovers brushing her teeth uh, it's so fucking loud yeah her brushing her teeth like it, and like well, because we're she in the just gave room. him oral pleasure oh that's why no he gave her oral pleasure no they both they, they, they guess traded they both, yeah. i guess they both did yeah you first kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he's taking a shower <laughs> and she just, just brush, keeps brushing her yeah. teeth yeah. all night long i know all she's night long she's leaning into the sink 
She mo- she brushed that night and in the morning. No, I just I like that cut. How she's brushing her teeth at yeah. night and then it cuts and to he's the morning still and she's still out. she's still in the bathroom <laughs> brushing her teeth and I just I like to imagine her just brushing her teeth all night long. Get the shame <laughs> out. Oh no. Yes, yeah, good movie. It's a pretty good. Movie. It's a really, really good movie. Like movie. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's like it's it's timeless. It really is, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's kind of got like you know the movie was made in '94 and it takes place in '94. Especially the gold watch, Bruce Willis part, kind of has this more kind of like '70s sheen to it. Like it's an old yeah. cab car. Uh, the mm. streets are wet at night, and it's like I kind of forgot that like it took it takes place in the 90s until they have like their janky ass cell phones You're right like, mm-hmm. yo yeah this is like this was mm-hmm. a modern movie for the the time it came out it's not like a period piece but it is timeless in the sense where like yeah. it's like a masterpiece in that sense where yeah, it's absolutely. like anybody can watch this pretty much for the rest of all time mm-hmm. and they're going to get it yeah you know like like north by northwest is like a movie that was made at the time when it came out you can show anybody north by northwest and they might not want to watch because like what that old movie you give them 15 minutes into that movie they're like yo what the fuck is this movie yeah and that's just like that's the power of hitchcock same with psycho and stuff like that. i feel the same way about like citizen kane like i think citizen kane is like you know like you watch it and it's you know it's like it's old timey but like it's about political discourse mm-hmm. and like getting, you know, getting too rich and not knowing what to do with it and becoming a bad person when you start off. It's such attention. a good movie. Like, it's, it's great. It's yeah. just one of those things. The, where theme, it's like, the themes are timeless. And yeah. like those movies are getting made like today with those okay, things. I'm going to pull a Robbie here and say I've never seen Citizen Kane. I haven't Whoa. either. You watch Citizen Kane. We, film school makes makes you watch that movie. Yeah. A lot. Um, but it's really. <laughs> just all the time. It's really. There's like, it's, I think, the one of the better, if not the best, like old film school movie to watch it's the best film of all time yeah (laughs) it's kind of just what it is by the rules of necessity like when you say a movie made the most money out of anything else you adjust for inflation yeah what orson wells had to work with back then Mm -hmm. he did it and he invented like 25 things that every single movie to this day still uses you're like yeah that's the best movie and it's also a good story it's a great story and like all movies kind of boiled back to, to Citizen Kane. Like, yeah. all roads lead to Rome. Like, all mm-hmm. roads kind of can... You can make an argument for Citizen Kane in that way. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's a little bit nonlinear as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vertigo is also very well. That's always that contention. What's the best movie of all time? Vertigo or Vertigo Citizen is Kane? one I have not seen. Vertigo is great. Yeah. Gotta check that out. <clears throat> so Pulp Fiction. Anybody got anything else you guys want to say? I think we... I think we covered it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just a great movie. It's a joy to watch it again. Eat a hamburger with friends. This was, like, yeah. one of the ones we were so excited to watch all these ones... And we've been planning this podcast for a while now, and it's going to take us a while to record it all because we're just like doing it very slowly so we get to savor it. And it's like, I've been wanting to watch Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, and Inglorious Bastards for months. I've been really, I haven't been doing it because I'm just like, I just want to watch this. Dude, there are so many times I was about, I've been about to turn on Kill Bill and watch Kill Bill. I have have the itch. It's coming. Easy. Feel the same way also about Batman Ninja. I want to know mm. oh, if yeah. they get out of Fuel Japan or not. Mm. Uh, I guess. My guess is they probably do. Yeah, mm. I'd assume so. It's uh, So we did the Batman podcast for a while, <laughs> and they came out with this cartoon where uh, all the Batman characters go to Japan to fight the Joker. To feudal Japan. To feudal Japan yeah. to fight the Joker who's taking over <laughs> Japan of the time. Oh, my God. And uh, I know what you're thinking. Who gives a shit? <laughs> we can do, motherfucker. And no, I think what, you, what you're thinking, Sniper, probably is that is the one thing that Batman needed is right. a samurai sword. Of course. Obviously. It's like Bruce Willis. Yes. Everybody just needs a samurai I, sword. I think we all do. For the zombie apocalypse. 
Yeah. Samurai sword would be good for that. Mm-hmm. You just slice and dice. Yeah. Let's keep that you never bad boy out. sharp. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Cooking with Quentin. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed us talking about Pulp Fiction. Uh, definitely check out the recipe video. Tune in next time where we are going to be talking about From Dust Till Dawn. Is that the next one? Is that the next one? I thought I thought Jackie Brown was the next one. No, 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 because we got to do From Dust Till Dawn and Natural Born Killers in between. Okay. Well, then, yeah. though, then that you're we're doing uh, the next one is with Jeremy. Yeah, I think so. And he's doing Dust Till Dawn. Dawn. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the food we're doing for that one? <laughs> From Dust Till Dawn? <laughs> yeah. Uh, pigs in a Blanket, breakfast style. Oh, yeah, that sounds sick. Yeah. How are you going to vegan that one? Pigs oh, in a Blanket. It's all going to be breakfast. vegan. Oh, it just makes sense. Really? There are so okay. many good sausages. Sausage is the easiest thing. Oh, so okay. Easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Some good, good shit. Boy, good boy. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> and so we're, we're going to be uh, turning those ones out uh, fairly quickly over the next couple months and kind of getting into the, the meat and potatoes, the tofu and potatoes of um the like the uh, of the of the tarantino verse uh leading all the way up to once upon a time in hollywood which is coming out in july uh we're hoping to kind of line that up in there uh so we have a bunch of other uh, episodes and shows on uh, story screen presents on the very channel that you're on right now we got hot takes over drinkers cathode breakcast amongst others do we crack 150 yeah we hit our 150 at the time of this posting yeah we will crack 150 goodness that's a lot of podcasts. Yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, make sure you go over to storyscreenbeacon.com and check out a bunch of really cool articles and reviews. Stamper's written some. Jack's written some. Robbie's written some. I've written some. some. And uh, by the time this podcast comes out, too, this should probably be right in the middle of all of our best of story screen mm, uh, 2018 coming on out. Time that's going to be fun. We're all making year. our top tens of the year. I put the bow on my top ten this morning nice so i have one more day of ketchup i gotta catch you two really more. only have one more day of i know yeah i have two movies <laughs> that i want to see and i will hunt them down and i will do it all right <laughs> all respect uh and uh make sure you follow us on twitter at story underscore screen at us get us to start using that more we're trying and uh make sure you jump over to uh instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon where we do a bunch of really fun movie stuff yeah. Very active on that one. Yes, we are. Yeah. We have a pretty good following. People like us on the Insta. 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 Uh, you can go to the store uh, on our website and buy a fucking t-shirt. As well as much more really cool merch that is going to be dropping in the next couple months because buy we are opening our shit movie theater. Go to Please, that in fucking New York. Shit. So we're going to be getting a lot of merch in there for like some fun stuff. Good. Uh, a please would be nicer. Robbie. Share. Please buy that fucking shit. There you go. <laughs> share this with everyone. <laughs> Tell everyone about it. Everybody. Listen to us, and we'll see you next time for uh, from dusk till, dusk, dusk till dawn by Robbie Rodriguez. I don't think he goes by Robbie. He can go by Robbie. I guess he can, or he could be yeah. he could be Bobby Rodriguez. Bob Rodriguez. Yeah. Bob Rodriguez. Yeah. Bob Anderson. Bob Anderson. John. I'm not touching. I'm not touching that one. Oh, I, was, I, I should thank you guys for joining me. I should have said that first. It's our thank pleasure. you for having thank us. You guys for yeah. thank, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for dinner, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. always so, so much fun. I wish it could just be us four every time. Aww. Aww. Watching movies in the dark. <laughs> Watching movies <laughs> in the dark. <laughs>
the movie where the movie about like the genetic manipulation where he has sex with the oh, thing that uh, is splice. Made. splice. That's it. That's a Ooh, movie. That's splice, movie? dude. Have you ever seen Splice? Oh, oh man. It sounds uh, <laughs> oh, pretty man. weird. It's about uh, Adrian Brody and his wife are scientists, and they're like making genetically modified creatures that they fuck. Well, it's like so, a Woody Allen story. Yeah, so the, yeah, the creatures are <laughs> children. Yes, it's a, all an allegory for everybody. Um, this creature's only 12 years old. Woody Allen. They wind up making this humanoid creature, and it turns out that like the creature has either his DNA or his wife's DNA or both, and he has sex with it. Okay. Yeah, he has both the DNAs. It's like, oh, Does boy. she kill him? Yeah. But I think it also has sex with his wife as well. Interesting. So yeah. Did it have both parts? And then it, it has both parts. It gets his yes. wife it it gets his wife pregnant, I think, also. Yeah. At the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. You should it's watch weird, that fucking movie. It's a movie. weird, it's weird fucking weird. movie. Is it like good? Or no. is it okay? No. It's bad. I, don't know. I mean Of course not. I hated Prometheus. I hated it. Yeah. Mm. Did you see I don't, I don't know how this guy feels about Prometheus. No, he feels about Alien Covenant. <laughs> 